0: Second half kicking off, all-star game over. Wellington Castillo doing rehab assignments, probably going to come up. Rumors that Zach Collins could head back to AAA to get more at-bats because James McCann's getting most of them. And then you have A.J. Reed, a former top prospect in Major League Baseball, didn't work out for the Astros, still young, a left-handed bat, first baseman, snatched up by the White Sox in a claim. And he tells what looks to be a local reporter from his hometown on video. Not only did the White Sox try to trade for him multiple times, but the asking price was too high, but they're giving him a shot right away in the majors instead of in AAA, and he's joining the team in Oakland, and he's going to be getting at-bats. It's going to be a fun show today. I feel it. Oh really? Isn't yes. it a fun show every day? No, it's not a fun show all the time because <laughs> Because we... the White Sox are good and sometimes that you're gonna start right into it and then somebody's gonna just click off the show. Dave, I just wanted to tell you something that was really interesting about last week's show and then I've got so much I wanna talk about of this week's show. Okay uh, it's the halfway point, we're coming out of the all-star break. There's I wanna talk about what we like about the team so far, what we wanna change about the team so far, what we think is gonna happen in the last Half of the season, who's going to come up, who's not going to come up. Just, I've got a great story about me buying tickets at the front office, or at the ticket office. At the front office. No, not at the front office, at the ticket office. office. At the ticket office. That would be the front gate. It's an amazing story that I think just exemplifies all that is White Sox in this world. Oh, no. But the thing that I wanted to bring up right away, people either loved, hated, or love-hated the episode that we did last week. Just really? based upon responses. Now, really? you can hit us up anytime you want. And I don't mind if it's positive or negative or if you want to talk about the team or anything that you want to talk about. If it's something that we hit on, if it's something you want to comment on, if it's something you want us to talk about the next week, I'm fine with that. You get us at at in the Basement on Twitter, at in the Basement on Instagram, socks_in_the_basements in the on Facebook. You can go and give us a phone call. 708-459-8406 is a south side number. 708-459-8406. This guy gave us a call. Stops in the basement. What up? This is Jorge from Lincoln Hills, Illinois. You guys are talking about Dylan C's here. That's uh, You're saying that the only reason he got called up is because we needed pitching. I highly disagree with that. sees was ready despite his numbers this year and Kovac being dominant all throughout. C's could have been called up last year, and you could have said the same thing about him, that he was being dominant everywhere. He was ready. They felt that he was ready. And you know what? I'm all for C's. He's here to stay. Now let's make the Cubs go bad. Look bad. Let's go Sox. People love the Omar Vizquel interview, and if you haven't listened to the Omar Vizquel interview, go back and listen to it. People liked it so much that it ended up in Nick Mandrigal's dad's hands because you could see he started liking. He doesn't follow us on Twitter, and now I think he does but he started liking and sharing the show because Omar had such nice things to say about his son. The Omar Vizquel interview was awesome. Mike Madrigal really liked what we had to say about his son, Nick. Everybody liked what he said about Lewis Robert. Everybody liked what he said about his managerial trajectory. Everybody thought it was a great interview. Awesome. Then the second half of the show, I expressed concerns. And so did you about Dylan Cease being called up now. Yes. And people got mad at us for being too negative. We got a lot of comments that were too negative. Look, you have to listen to what I'm saying. Do I think he's not going to be a frontline starter? I never said that. Do I think that he doesn't have the potential to be an ace? I never said that. What I said was, based upon his AAA numbers, don't expect him to come up here and be lights out. Because he still has more developing to do. Kopeck was further along when he came up than Dylan Cease. That was what I showed. And I said, and you don't want to treat him like the Pirates treated Mitch Keller up and then down again. You want to keep him up here. That's what we were talking about. And that's what the concerns were. I love Dylan Cease, I love his attitude, and I, we, two shows earlier than that, I said, I'm okay with bringing him up, so y- y- please, he, don't he, get picky and choosy when we get angry about something, or if, not even angry about it, if we say we're not sure about something, that's not negativity, if you want somebody to get on your podcast, talk for an hour and a half or two hours about how wonderful everything is, because you need to be pepped up, I don't know if this is the show for you, I think we're kind of a fun show and we sit down here, but it's 30 minutes, Two friends grew up across the street from each other, and we talk about the White Sox very honestly. And honestly, I was worried about him. And you know what he did? He pretty much put on two runners per inning for the five innings. So he did what I said he was going to do.
1: I looked at the the game. Now, uh, props to Ricky because they managed him. They managed him properly. They had him on a pitch count. He only pitched five innings. Uh, The line was five innings, three earned runs. Okay, whatever, fine. You know, first start. It's just first. That's start. fine. Now I'm not mad about it. I think he was start doing cartwheels. It was five innings and three runs. Here's the here's the thing. So so when it, when it comes to Dylan Cease, what am I hoping for for Dylan Cease? Because again, I was I was concerned when he when he first came. You know when they came up because my concern was they brought him up based on need, not based on we think this guy is ready. But Dylan Cease, I mean, and maybe Chris, you'll disagree. He's at least going to give you better than what you're getting from ronaldo lopez right now that's where he comes out and you know he pitches you know and by the fourth inning he's already given up seven runs to the other team he's he's gonna do you better than omar despagne or whoever whatever other journeyman pitcher that they're trotting out there because they have absolutely no starting pitching so can dylan cease come up He won't be lights out, but can he at least come up and be consistent?
0: I think so. Well, you just want him to develop. That's all I want, and that's all I'm saying. I want him to develop.
1: Socks in the basement. Socks in the
0: basement. Socks in the basement. I went to the box office to turn in some tickets. Now, this is all a true story. My wife bought me a package of four individual ticket vouchers good for any section in the corners or all the way through the outfield on the lower deck. I can get like bleachers, the outfield reserved and then like those corner ones that are like where the 108 is in the yeah. one corner and on the other right. corner on the, on the left field line. And they're good anywhere. They haven't mapped out all the way through. And I should be able to, I, I'm supposed to be able to walk up and I have to exchange them directly at the box office when I want to go to a game. So I get to use those vouchers. I'm always going with, like, a group of people or I'm too lazy. Basically, I've been too lazy to this point to drive down there and get them so I keep spending extra money and going through Ticketmaster or, or, like, StubHub or something like that to get my tickets. Okay. So I go down there with these, and I already know the answer to the first question, but I give it a shot. I give the guy the thing, and I go, can I use these to get into the Goose Island section? It's, it's marked off that these are valid in that section because it shows you right on their own map what sections you can use it for, and it's there. And he goes, well, that wasn't there when the tickets were bought. And I'm like, yeah, but I mean, I really should be able to use it. And I should. Let's be honest. I should be able to use them there because when the thing was bought, that's marked off. But I get it. They want to say that those are a little bit more expensive tickets. They want their extra $5. They should tell me it's an upcharge. Like, if you want to get in there, give me another $5 to $10. You can get into the goose section if and you want to get into it. That would probably that would make, be, reasonable that would make sense. sense but yeah. I got shot down immediately on that. I'm like, all right, fine. All right, fine. That's great. And I'm not looking for the ones with the TV screens because those seats suck. I'm sorry, because all you're doing is looking at a TV TV and it's and it's it's above most people's eye level, the top of the screen. I don't get those seats at all. So I'm like, all right, well, can you find me a good spot then like a little bit to the to the side of it? I want to stay out in that section. I want to stay out in the outfield. And the guy goes, best seats I can get you is and he gives me something like 30 rows back right along the foul pole on the left field line. This is for okay, Tuesday so not, night. Not very good. Seats. This is for Tuesday night, July the 2nd, against the Detroit Tigers, where the next game is a doubleheader with Cease pitching. So there is no walk-up crowd expected for this thing. I'm going like two days beforehand or after Cease has been announced for the Wednesday game, but I can't make it to the Wednesday game because I got something going on on the 3rd of July. So I look at the guy and I go, you're telling me those are the best seats. He's like, yeah, man. Best seats I got for you. I said, I just got an email two hours ago from the White Sox giving away seats for $7.04 for the entire week. You don't have anybody coming to this game. You're trying to tell me that's the seat. Is that where the camera is going to point and you got to make it look like there's people there? is exactly what I said to the guy. Wow. I said, I want the good seats. He grumbles. He looks down at his keyboard. I got a uh, second row. Um, and uh, just the section I wanted, like the one right next to Goose, but into the outfield. So you second just didn't row. want to give him, the, yeah. He just didn't want to give him. He's got two second-row aisle seats. Like, that's what, that's what he should be giving me. No, nobody, I showed up for that game, Dave. Now, it was a raid out, but I showed up for that game. Nobody was at that game. I, got, I showed up a half hour. It was a hour. day game, too, wasn't it? I showed up it was a, a night game. It was a night game. It was a night game. I okay. showed up a half hour before that game started, pulled into the lot, the first lot, <laughs> not, the, not the first overflow lot. Like, I always park, like, in between the ballpark and 30, uh, 39th on Pershing. You know, my geography's a little right, off Right, it's today. a couple lots that down. Side, it's It's right? a couple of lots and down And they have from the several park. overflow lots that go out. They had none of them open. They had a couple security. I, like, I pulled in the first one coming right off of Pershing, okay? And that one's empty. You just drive all the way through it. I crossed the street. I pull into the next one. That one's empty. There's nobody through it. I pull all the way over to the lot that's, you know, I don't, I don't cross any more streets and it's half full a half hour before the game. This guy's trying to tell me two days earlier, the best he can get me with my, and it's not like I got these seats for free. They were paid for in advance, but his idea was, well, this guy with his vouchers, screw him. Overall, I still love the ballpark. Somebody's going to say, here's Chris being negative again. I'm not being negative. I'm just telling you a story. That's an actual story that happened.
1: God, and you cut cut me off for being negative within the first five (laughs) seconds. I was just going to say sometimes they do good and sometimes they do bad. And Chris is like, nope, we're not going to be negative today. Stop it. (laughs)
0: What do you think about this team so far? Just give me the things that you love so far about the White Sox at this point, at that midway point, about to start the second half of the season.
1: Um, basically the basically the entire top of the order, the entire top two-thirds, top half of the order, um, they're doing exactly what you would want them or you expect them to do. And in some cases, you're getting you're getting pleasant surprises like Luri Garcia, who's been, you know solid at the top of the order.
0: Leary's at his his Uh, best case scenario this year.
1: Yeah. I I mean, obviously you got to love what Lucas is doing. Um, You know, got to love what the bullpen is doing. I mean, the bullpen has been, the bullpen has been
0: really good. You need Herrera to start pitching better, but the, but you love bummer. You know, Colome is is good, and it doesn't. I don't think I don't know if they're going to move on from him, or if they're going to keep everything they have. I keep yeah, I keep feeling like they're going to hold on to him. I, I feel like there's like a plan here to just keep what's good now and trade what's bad, but don't don't trade pieces for youth anymore. I just don't see them doing that at the trade deadline. I don't Do you? Think
1: you? I don't think you have to. I don't think you have to at this point. I think at this point, you are using this year to sort of recognize where you've got some holes and. Starting at the trade deadline this year, you start filling those holes.
0: Well, first of all, Mankata, revelation, and I love the fact that Tim Anderson proved me wrong. Okay? Yes. Tim Anderson is the is the, is the the guy who proved me wrong from my offseason talk about him. I was all Manny Machado, and I was all Tim Anderson's terrible, and I didn't think that he was going to be anything there, and I still think he's got a problem in his defense. I think that's obvious, but he has been eating a lot of balls lately. And Steve Stone mentions it constantly. Like, he put that in his pocket. That was the right move. So he's becoming smarter, and he's realizing what his limitations are, and he's good at the plate, and he's a leader on the team, and I'm in love with him. So, he, he, right, I mean, like, right away, I'll be the first one. I've said it before, but this I'll say is, it again. This is Chris eating crow. He proved me wrong, and he's a good ball player. And he, but he had to go through the things that I said he needed to do. See, that's the thing. He wasn't good when I was talking about him being bad. And he had done several years of showing that he was going to be bad. Hmm. And then like a light switch went on and thank God it did. Now, I always said Moncada was going to be good. So I'm not going to eat crow on him because I was the lone voice standing in the darkness saying, this guy is not bad. It's his rookie year. Give him a break. See what I'm saying? Like every guy gets a year. In my opinion, you come up, you get a year. Louis Robert comes up and hits 220 for the first year. I'm not going to sit around and say he's a bust. Nick Mandrigal comes up and he plays pretty good defense, but he can't hit the ball very well. I'm not going to say he's a bust. I didn't think Eloy Jimenez was a bust. He, he doesn't look very good in the outfield right now, and he's got some things to figure out in, in, in certain situations at the plate, but you see the improvement. He's going to be a heck of a ball player. You, you have to be patient with your guys when they come up. I'm happy with all the things that are happening there. I'm very, very excited. I look at this team and I think to myself, going around the horn, they're going to re-sign a Braille. I know there are people that don't think they should because of decline. I know there are people that don't think they decline, will be able to.
1: Decline what? He's having a great year still. As you get
0: older, there's just a statistical decline. And the people that crunch numbers will sit there and tell you, "Will you? what do you need him for? You've got Andrew Vaughn who's going to be coming up. He's a good trade piece. Go ahead and deal him. Like People that just look at him as, there's much more to him. He's a father figure on that team. He is a lightning rod for Cuban baseball players to want to play for the White Sox. This is all true. We just had two more guys sign with the White Sox. And one of them was pretty well sought after in Yolbert Sanchez. And he's like that guy that draws them all. They all want to play with him. He's like the big brother, the Yohan Mancata. He, uh, uh, you know, I'm sure. I mean, all these guys look to him. It's important to have that guy on your team. He wants to be there. He's a terrible negotiator. He's basically after every game saying, I don't care what they pay me. Just give me a contract. Like He's like the worst negotiator ever. His agent must be pulling his hair out every time he opens up his mouth. I think they get it done. I think they sign him for a couple of years, and I think he's going to be just fine there. And eventually... I mean, when you start to
1: see the... De- First of all, Jose has been solid pretty much his whole career here. When you start to see the decline, okay, that's when you start to platoon him with your Andrew Vaughn or with your Eloy Jimenez... Yeah, fine. Okay. You know, I think, he's got, base, I think you're going
0: to sign him to a two-year deal and you're going to get two good years out of him and one bad. I think that's what's going to happen. Right. I think you'll get two good and one bad or one mediocre. Wait a minute. Two-year deal. No, three-year deal. I was going to say. Three-year you... deal. I, if I said that wrong. Come three Come on, Sox math with Chris Lanuti. Three-year deal. Two good, one bad. You know, come on. The money will be spent somewhere. This is just, this is a pittance, especially because the guy's giving you a hometown discount. Right. Okay. And you could already see that coming. Nick Madrigal is going to come up and play second base. He's going to be there. Anderson's over at short. Mancata's over at third. You're going to have Eloy out in left field, Lewis Robert in center field. And your big decisions that you'll then have to make are basically what are you going to do at DH and what are you going to do in right? And you have guys you could plug in. You could bring guys up. You can give guys a chance. Or you can get guys. You can get guys. You can go pick up a guy. I mean, you can get a right fielder. You know Andrew Vaughn is coming at some point. A lot of people think ele- he may be here by halfway through next year. He did three, three games in the Arizona League and immediately went to low A and batted third in his first game, okay? <laughs> <laughs> like he's, nice. He's gonna, they're going to progress that kid. He's going to be done with single A by the end of the year, and he'll probably start next year at double A. And he'll be a quick progression like Robert because even everybody said he can go to the majors right now and hit. So he's going to be a quick progression. So you can go get like a one-year guy if you want to because you know he's going to be there with Abreu doing the DH first base duties. You still got Zach Collins that you want to give some at-bats to because I don't want to give up on the kid after. I mean, like he's had a handful of at-bats. Give him an opportunity here to figure things out. So you have things that you could do. Your real question is your pitching. You've got a guy coming off of Tommy John. you got a guy in Cease who's an unfinished product. you got Giolito coming back. You want to make sure that that continues what he's done so got, far and doesn't a, slide off. you got two guys coming off Tommy well, John. Because Ro- but I don't even look and, at Rodon because he's going to be yeah. here until the back half of the season. When Rodon gets here, he's going to pick up the innings that Cease and Kopech are going to need you to take because they're both going to be on some sort of a pitch count trying to get through. It's going to be Cease's first full year and Kopech coming off of Tommy John. So well, Kopech's going to be on more of a
1: pitch count. You might ceases. be skipping
0: guys in the rotation in the latter part of the year, and Rodon's almost like the sixth starter coming in and filling in. I think you need two pitchers next year, and I and I'm not talking guys like Ivan Nova.
1: No, you're you're I'm talking, talking. You got to go studs. get a
0: pitcher. Yeah, you got to go get a pitcher. And that's the, and everybody's like, well, Garrett Cole, you're never going to get him. He's a Scott Boros client. You're never going to outbid the Yankees. It's never going to happen which still goes back to my idea of you have guys that are prospects in your system not everybody's going to make the majors it's okay break a few eggs to make an omelet go get a pitcher even at the trade deadline this year but then i'm not sure if i believe in the guy who's managing the team i have become so increasingly frustrated with how he uses his players at times especially The idea of bunting in the worst possible moments. And he did it again. He did it again. He did it in the game with Nova pitching. Where, yes, in the end, Ivan Nova had a really good game. But at the beginning of the game, in the early innings of the game, would you believe that it's going to be like a two-to-one game? That you're going to hold down the Cubs' lineup the whole game. Would that be something you would think if With you saw Nova Nova out the there? Is no. Exactly? Okay. No. Now no. it worked out for him, but I go back to the idea that you have a situation. I want to say it was in the third inning where Zach Collins is on base. Kyle Hendricks can't find the plate. Half the strikes that are being called by the umpire, according to pitch tracks are really balls. He can't find the plate at all. No, I remember I was watching that. area. Garcia comes up and it's button time. And, and Steve Stone called out Renteria. You might not have heard it because Stone is really good at hiding what he's saying. He's subtle, yeah. He's very good at trying to make it seem like he's not calling out the manager, but he called him out because he sat there and he said, I can't believe that Ricky Renteria would have put that bunt on. That has to be Leary doing that on his own uh- <laughs> because... With Zach Collins' speed, he's not going to score from second base. But then he jumped right in and backed him up. He's like, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Because the two of them must be going nuts with the bunting thing as well. See, I think it's getting to them watching all the games as well. Like, what are you doing? But, they, you know, they're being diplomatic and they're the announcers for the team and they're trying not to jump all over the manager. And they're, they're, they're trying to figure out why he's doing these ridiculous things. But he, he, their, their thing was, first of all, Hendricks can't find the plate. Secondly, you've given up yourself, you've given him an out, which you shouldn't be giving him at this point, in a game where you expect there to be runs scored on both sides and we're early in the game. And then, and then you only advance the guy to second base who's not going to score on a single. <laughs> He's like, he runs with a piano on his back. He's Paul Canerco's evil twin on the base pass. Nice. It's not going to happen. So they called it out on the broadcast, and they're right, because what happens? Moncada comes up, walked. And and Hendricks was all over the plate. So now you have, yeah. So now you got first and second. First and second with one out. So instead of having first and second with no outs, or bases loaded with no No outs, outs. or you give Garcia the opportunity to get a hit, or or any of the other possibilities, you've already got one out when you're up there. And it changes the inning. They don't end up getting anything in that inning. Is it they a, get nothing in that inning. They strand thing? runners on base in that inning. Is it a thing, Chris, like you, I believe you on had... A terrible, on a terrible pitch to McCann that was... They, he had four outside pitches thrown to him. The first three were all called balls. And on the pitch track, the fourth one was furthest outside of all of them. Oh, and they and he them gets out. strike three. Right. And I thought he was going to get thrown out of the game because he turned around and started screaming at the umpire. But you shouldn't even have been in that situation because you gave up an out. Is it a
1: thing, Chris, like I believe you had mentioned it before or I had heard it somewhere, where maybe he's just... Is Renteria doing these off the wall things because he's trying to see if certain guys can can the, do it in but those the, situations? But the, thing is, but the
0: thing is, I've said that in games where they're throwaway games. You played these games with your best lineups out there both times you played them. You're not playing around because you're trying to win the game. So what frightens me is this is a coach who actually was trying to win the game, right? And he made this move, and that's that. That bothers me because I don't think that was a let's see what Leary can do. We know what Leary can do. We know he can lay down bunts. That was a bad decision by a manager. And I see these little things happen. And again, he has a lot of good. There's, there are things that he does that I like. I'm not saying he's the worst manager in the world, but oh my goodness. The bunting thing is driving me up the wall. You don't bunt. I, you know, I coached Little League. You don't bunt in the early innings when a pitcher is not finding the plate and give up and out. You don't bunt in the early innings of a game no, you when the, you know that you're going to, you're probably no, you make the nine times throw. out of ten going to have to score six runs to win the game because of the pitcher you have on the mound. Now, you got, again, you got lucky with Nova, but you don't know that at that point in the game. And you, you don't do that in that situation. The, uh, uh, that, that's the thing. And I think that anybody, any dad who goes out and coaches Little League, or girls' fast pitch softball would sit there in a game that would that mattered for the team. Like I'm not talking to ones that don't matter because everybody makes the playoffs. But let's say you're in the championship game with your kid. Okay, the grandparents have come out and everybody's set up like their 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 folding chairs in the outfield. They're using the scoreboard for the first time. There's everybody's balloons, hiding there's beer. Balloons tied. People have got beer and koozies, and you're standing there and you got your friends walking by. Like, don't screw it up, Dave. Okay, you wouldn't <laughs> do that, would you? No. In that game. So why is he doing it?
1: Is Ricky Renteria the man? Is he going to be the manager who's managing this team when you are trying to make your playoff run? When well, you're trying to make your run? He's going to get 2020,
0: but I'm going to tell you something right now. He won't get 2021 if he keeps doing it. No, because at this point, by 2020, all of your players, or most of them,
1: will have arrived. And you will know if they are good or not. You were in 2020, you are gonna have the team that is short of a few tweaks. You're gonna have your core in place as to the team who's gonna make you know start making your playoff runs. And you're right. If if he's making these decisions, he shouldn't be there anymore. I, I don't know if they're gonna actually go ahead and pull the trigger no, no, on, no. on on getting a A Joe Girardi or somebody
0: like that to actually manage this team. There's a situation I want to ask you. Okay, I think, the situation that most fans are sitting around having conversations about, because I've had this conversation multiple times. Okay. He gets the keys to the car in 2020. Ricky does? Yeah. Okay. And honestly, he deserves it. He sat through this whole rebuild. Yes. Give him an opportunity, and 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 I want him to succeed. Again, this is not I dislike Ricky Renteria. I want him to succeed. He seems like a nice man. I've met him on several occasions. He seems like a nice man. And I want him to succeed.
1: And not a bad manager. He's, yes, he's, and done, his done, players, a, he's done a and great job. Players, players, seem to res- like him players respect right. him.
0: Yeah. And you've bought in as a general manager to hit certain things that he cares about. You've gotten rid of players that you don't think gel with what he with the way he manages, and you put up with some of his weird lineup decisions all the way to this point. Give him an opportunity, see if he's pushing the right buttons. Fine. But you get to the end of 2020, and he has, like, nothing weird happens, okay? We don't get a rash of Tommy John surgeries, and we, and, and we don't all of a sudden have Moncada come back and refer back to it to 10. You see what I'm saying? Like, mm. we get what we have this year, and, the and guys then guys come little, up and, and contribute and do a little bit more, and this is clearly a team that should make the postseason. And they don't. Oh, in or, this div in this division, and, and they, they don't. don't make the oh, post-season. yes, fire them immediately. They don't make a wild card in this division. Okay, yeah, you, and you, they don't. You, you yes, you you would get rid of him. Yes, you wouldn't give him a second year. Yeah, see, I don't know. You
1: got to look I'll at add in a wrinkle. You got to look at this why this happens.
0: This happens, and Joe Girardi expresses a, a, a desire to come back into managing, or Asikian's leaning into your ear saying, "I can come back and get along with everybody."
1: Oh man! I won your one
0: before. Oh my god! I the, won't let my kids into the dugout.
1: The Jirai- you won't see Obi. Okay. E. So, so <laughs> first of all, let's 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 pick this apart one at a time. <laughs> Regarding Renteria, if you don't make the playoffs and you do a, a thorough post mortem on the 2020 season, going why didn't we make the playoffs? And you find that it's because of bad lineup decisions or bad in-game decisions, like you're talking about the bunting, whatever, then yes, you have to look at it and Do we keep like, a topo
0: next year on the show? Huh? Like these are games we would have won if not for Ricky and these are games we won because of Ricky. Why we not? We should do that next year.
1: Can we do that? Yeah, we're going right. to do that.
0: Next year. <sighs> if Girardi is available,
1: I mean, yeah. I say don't, you, you know, you got to go like and make it, an if, effort. Like, I, I feel
0: like Ricky needs to do well next year or else... It's déjà vu all over again for him in Chicago with once again a big name manager grabbing a team from him just like what happened with the Cubs well but if not the, as harshly as the Cubs cuz he's getting a far greater chance with the yes. White Sox to succeed but if you are if the White Sox
1: are trying to model with their rebuild what the Cubs did with theirs then yes, that's exactly what's going to happen. And this is not enough.
0: This is not an unprecedented thing. Even in the '90s, Buck Showalter basically brought those baby Yankees along, and then Joe Torre walked in and won everything. Exactly. Now, Ozzie Gian man. Could happen.
1: I just yes. like saying could, it. Could happen. Yes, but here's the thing. I'd rather see
0: him than Viscell right now, and I liked my conversation conversation with Viscell. But he's too young of a manager. By his own admission, he's still learning. Things.
1: Right. He's not. In, he's not. And he into likes the bunt the whole, a lot. Yeah. He's That's not into the in, He's on. He's not into the whole. I want to be a big league manager right now. Look, it is never going to happen. Where Kenny is, Kenny's ego is way too big to be able. You won't let him back. They're sitting around talking back. to each
0: other now. I mean, think about it, he's worked his way back in. Billy Martin got hired, fired, hired, fired, hired, fired by George Steinbrenner, that guy had a big ego. There's pictures all over the place now, Gian hanging out with Williams, they're laughing, they're chatting, they're talking, they're hugging. Yeah, but they still probably hate each other's guts. It doesn't matter!
1: Hanging out with somebody and okay, working. Let me tell you something. right Hang now. On, wait, stop. Gions,
0: no, I'm going to tell you. This. Ozzie think is. It doesn't matter for Ozzie. I'll tell you that much. Ozzie Guillen's walk around that team right now. He's like, everybody here. These are my people. We got like six Cubans here. We got this dude. Like this is everybody speaking Spanish. He's like, I got a good catcher, just like I had with Brzezinski. I've got pitching coming. I've got this. I want to manage this team. It matters. He to, wants to manage this it team. Matters to Kenny he though. He wants to manage. Yes, but here's the thing. Ozzy's gonna be, Ozzy's clearly being buddies, man. There's pictures everywhere. Ozzy's a nice guy.
1: People like Ozzy. Except if you're Kenny. Kenny doesn't like Ozzy. Ozzy
0: makes fun of the Chicago Cubs, and then then there was a Twitter thing that shows him joking around with their players. He can get away with anything. He's like that guy. He's that guy. He's fun Ozzy again. Fun Ozzy can get in you. I'm just saying, fun Ozzy finds a way. And we got fun Ozzy right now. And Fun Ozzy's probably like, man, I want to do it again. I, I, I don't think so. I bet I you Ozzy so. wants to do it again. Ozzy does, but like I said, it, it's a moot point because... I'm not saying he even Kenny, should do it. I don't want anybody sitting there saying, these idiots want Ozzy to back and they're a bunch of meatballs. I'm just no. saying that I think Ozzy wants it back. Yeah, but Kenny's I never going to go least, for it. He'd be mentioned at least as a possibility if Ricky Renteria had to go if things don't work out in the next year or so Would never Kenny would never go for it. Fun Ozzy.
1: I don't know, man. JRISERF.
0: Standing in a picture. Big cigar in his mouth and a smile. Hugging both of them on both sides. Forced smile by Kenny. Okay. Big smile by Ozzy. Can't we Rick kind of peering over her shoulders, like, hey guys, I'm the general manager. Can I get in the shot? Yeah. Can't we just
1: can't 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 we just have this where we fire Kenny and get Ozzy back? It's never gonna happen. Can't we just fire Kenny? Never gonna happen.
0: Right now, Jerry Reinsdorf is in a lab right now. He's paid this evil scientist millions of dollars to try to figure out how he can combine the DNA of Gar Foreman, John Paxson, and Kenny Williams into one superhuman. That that's, not a, that's not a that superhuman. He can, that he can adopt. That's not a
1: superhuman. That's Sloth <laughs> from the Goonies. Another show is wrapped up. Another show's in the books. Another show is wrapped up. And then by the looks, it's going to be a good one. And we'll see you next week. And the nudist basement. And the is basement. Another show is wrapped up. Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and it's in the books Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and by the looks,
0: it's gonna be a good one The basement, basement, broadcast basement
1: The basement, the Broad Basement Sláinte. Sloth love
0: lefty power hitter. (laughs) Socks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always on SocksInTheBasement.com.